it's really important to send the right message to the right person at the right time with the right frequency. This is a motto that was created by our VP of delivery, and he was really inspired by Seth Godin, right? And Seth Godin's theory on permission marketing, that getting into your customer's inbox, it's really a privilege and not a right. And so how do we create this really valuable experience and communication with our customers? That is Jillian Wolfarth, the Director of Content at SendGrid. Their motto is all about thinking strategically about email as a set of meaningful customer touch points, taking care to send it at the right time, with the right content, and for the right people. That is the subject of today's episode. We're going to dive into each of these four pieces and parse out what we as marketers can improve upon when targeting and engaging with customers. So we'll start off with the right message and dive into whether or not you can over-personalize an email. For example, it always drives me crazy whenever I get an email addressed to Joshua, my legal name, as opposed to Josh, what I actually go by. So Jillian, how should we look at personalization? It can be both a good thing and a bad thing. And people should be using personalization and substitution tags for good and not bad. Sort of starting off with the bad side, some people can be a little bit lazy when it comes to using those tags. So like you said, Josh, people calling you by your like formal first name. They're clearly not gathering the right information about you at either the point of sign up. When you're signing up for their newsletter, they're not paying attention to, say, if you're a retailer, right, when you're inputting your information or at any other point of contact with them. They're not really looking at your personal profile. Recipients can see that, like you're experiencing, right? That feels like a false experience. If people do it the right way and use substitution tags um, correctly, it can feel like a really nice conversation between the sender and the recipient. And that's sort of what we like to coach here at SendGrid. It's like, how do, how do you get the right data up front to make sure that you're messaging correctly to your recipients? And so, you know, the same thing, if people call me, you know, hey, Jill, it's like that feels very sort of impersonal to me instead of personal. So we really recommend making sure that you are collecting the right data up front, using the substitution tags correctly. Also, some people use substitution tags wrong, and you'll just either not have a name inputted or it'll just be a hey there or random spaces, um, which is not a good way to go. But use them correctly, but then make sure that the rest of the content that is in your email really follows up to the personal preferences of your recipient. You can't just personalize up front and then forget about them and send them something just completely generic in the rest of the content. So you really, as a sender, have to follow through and make sure that sort of from that subject line to your original salutation to the copy and the closing is one continuous personal experience. And it takes effort. And some senders don't want to make that effort, but it's worth it. You'll see the return if you put in the time. It's so funny. As we're talking about this, I just got an email. I'm in awe of you, Joshua. So <laughs> there it is. It, always getting those. But <laughs> now uh, sort of transitioning to the right person, how is the way marketers target their email campaigns sort of different now than in years previous? I feel like of all the aspects of your motto, this one is sort of changing the most in that we have sort of access to demographics and purchase behavior and interests. There's sort of a larger plethora of data available to us as marketers. Marketers. Would you agree, Jillian, that this has sort of changed the most of the four? Yeah, I think it probably should be changing the most. I think it's interesting that not all marketers are using all of that data that you mentioned, especially sort of purchase behavior, to their benefit or to their advantage. And sometimes people get those sort of signals mixed. A lot of times we talk about, you know, if, you know, you're buying a, a gift for sort of your husband or your wife on a retail site, and they start sending you personalized emails based off of the preferences of your husband and wife and not you, there's a real disconnect there. So I think that there's still 
a lot of room to grow for senders to really understand targeted personalization and who is the right person that they're messaging to. Because it's easy to get that confused. But the marketers who are doing it right, like you said, Josh, are using all of that plethora of data to really create that super personalized experience, sort of back to that right message. The one thing that we want to sort of warn senders about is that sometimes that can get a little bit creepy. Can you freak people out with, with too much data and too much information? Absolutely. And that's definitely something that we try to coach senders about that, you know, it's great to have all of this data, especially if you're using it correctly. But there's also kind of a way to use it incorrectly when it's almost too personal and it feels like you're sort of in someone's personal space. We like to look at the inbox as sort of this sacred place, right? It's where everyone's having their sort of personal conversations, but also sort of business conversations and they're being promoted to. They don't want to feel like they're being intruded upon. And sometimes when you get sort of overly personal or personalized or targeted, that can feel that way. So you have to find the right balance between, you know, speaking to the right person with the right message, but not going overboard where it feels like you're sort of overstepping. Gotcha. And I feel like, too, a part of that is, you know, trying to figure out how much uh, you want to personalize sort of every email. I, I guess uh, this is sort of part of a larger question, which is uh, how do you sort of figure out, you know, what to automate versus what should you send? You want to sort of, you know, find that line between personalization and, like, as you said, including too much information. So where do you where do you draw the line, Jillian? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, it goes down to the question of when do you want that one-to-one or that one-to-many? And I think when you're looking at the one-to-many conversation, it's really important to segment out your subscriber list, right? It's it's not possible. It would be great if we could all send personalized one-to-one emails to all of our subscribers. I think it's really sort of breaking down your list um, and looking at those recipients who have engaged with you a lot, haven't engaged with you very much, or maybe are a little bit um, are non-engagers, split your list that way initially, and then learn how to talk to each of those segments. Then you can sort of test your messaging within each of those segments to make sure you're in that sort of comfort zone, right? You're personalizing, but you're not going too far. You can also split if you decide not to go the engagement segmentation route. Clearly by purchase behavior, if you're a retailer, you can you know go by demographics. I think there are a bunch of ways to sort of smartly segment where people are still feeling like you're connecting with them, but you're not going too far. You know, segmentation is one of sort of the greatest tools that we have in our email marketing toolkit. Um, and it's really important to sort of test those segments to see which one is working best for your subscribers first and then for your business. That, I think, is a, a solid transition here into uh, the next, you know, aspect of your motto, which is the right time. So what beyond clicks and open should marketers look at? Yeah, this is a great question. Actually, something that we've been talking a lot about at SendGrid because, you know, we've moved more into the email marketing space, but more so in the past few months. And everyone's asking us, what metrics, what metrics are going to give us that ROI that we need or that, you know, our sort of, you know, email marketers are coming to us like my boss, you know, needs um, me to make sure that I'm sort of hitting all my marks with my email program. But what should I be explaining to my boss? So clicks and opens absolutely are great things to look at for engagement and also let you know how your message is resonating, how your sort of content and template um, is performing and also sort of how your brand is resonating. But I think what's what marketers should be looking at, maybe don't look at as much, is their delivery rates. Because your clicks and opens are not going to matter, right, if your email is not getting to the inbox. And um, I think that's sort of harder for marketers to look at sometimes because it can sometimes be sort of a technical question. Um, there's sort of this really tangled web to get from sort of your sender's um, from your sender to your recipient through ISPs and filtering and uh, 
blacklists and it's just sort of crazy. So how do we break that down and really help marketers um, understand what they need to get to the inbox? And Return Path is great. They came out with a study recently and um, they said that about 21% of like, wanted emails don't make it to the inbox. So that's kind of startling for marketers, right? When oh you're, gosh, yeah. yeah, like when email is such an important tool for ROI and you know, there are a fifth of your emails aren't making it. So I think it's A, looking at your delivery rates. And then once you optimize your delivery rates, looking at your opens and clicks. And there are a bunch of things that you can do to sort of help with your delivery. A lot of that is, you know, making sure that you've sort of set up your infrastructure correctly. And that's sort of more on the technical side of things. But making sure that your content is also really valuable. A lot of the internet service providers like Gmail and Yahoo, they're looking at how many people are moving your emails to spam, right? Or mass deleting. They're also looking at how many people are scrolling through your emails. Um, how many, you know, emails are being forwarded to other people. It's showing that there's really value in those emails. You'll get higher delivery rates because of that. So marketers really need to be focusing on valuable content and sending them sort of at the right frequency, which I think we'll get into, um, not over-communicating. Yeah, for sure. And do you think, I mean, for example, if you didn't make it to that inbox, do you think that marketers should sort of go back and try and fix each of those individually or, you know, try and see a larger pattern? What would your advice be uh, to those folks when they see, you know, 20%? That's an insane amount. That's almost too high, you know, to go back individually, right, and, and try and see what went wrong with those. Or uh, do you think that's something that we should, you know, invest time in doing? Yeah, I think it's definitely worth the investment because once you sort of back up, if you're seeing really high um, bounce rates or, or you're not getting delivered, is really looking at how your email program is set up and making sure that all of your sort of DMARC, DKIM, SPF, we're getting a little technical, but all of that is set up correctly, that the ISPs sort of know that you are an established, reputable sender. And once all of those sort of check marks happen, then you can start looking at your content. And there, it's important as a marketer to really dive into those trends, like you were saying, Josh, sort of looking at the bigger picture and sort of learning that, okay, did I just make a change to sort of my tone or personality, or did we just use a new template? What could have sort of thrown off our users that maybe long-term or short-term could have affected our delivery and sort of looking for those signals. But at first, it's just really important that you are making sure that you have really clean sort of sending streams and you are setting your program up for success. Um, it's something that SendGrid helps people with and are really um, well known for, but it's nice to make sure that you you want to send off of a, uh, a repeatable source for first. And if you're not doing that, your delivery rates could unfortunately be even worse than that return path step. Absolutely. And obviously, uh, a key aspect of making sure that folks are, you know, opening and engaging with your content is making sure that you have the frequency right. So uh, yeah. how many marketers, Jillian, would you say right now out there are sort of getting the frequency wrong? So many, Josh. And it's sad because, you know, like we were saying before, we want to create this like respectful relationship with our recipients. And a lot of senders are still in sort of batch and blast mode, right? Like, let's just get out as many emails as we can, as many times as we can, and just hope for some sort of return. And, you know, we have so many more tools at our disposal now, and we're so much more strategic than that. Like, we should be, we need to be better. And sometimes less is more, and it's definitely a quality over quantity um, scenario. And so, you know, a lot of times we're working with senders or when we're sort of out on the road talking to senders, not even customers, it's like, how frequently are you sending and what sort of return are you seeing from it? If you are not seeing people engaging with your emails, if you're not seeing those opens and clicks, you need to rethink your sending strategy and the frequency of your sending. And a lot of times it's hard for marketers to pull back, right? Because a lot of times we have quotas we have to hit, right? 
right? Our list needs to be bigger, impact needs to be bigger, but sometimes we can say more and achieve more by doing a little bit less. So um, I think for any sort of email marketers out there, I would challenge you to kind of look at how frequently you're sending your emails and are you happy with the engagement that you're seeing off of those? If not, test just pulling back a little bit on how much you're sending. And I think you might be surprised at the return that you'll see. Got it. If you could only choose one between testing quality of your emails and being able to understand metrics, which which one of those is the most important? Ah, you're only letting me choose one. Yeah, I think that's. I think I have to to limit. Because you it knew to I one. was going to say all of them. Are yeah, because everyone always says all of them. I'm like, well, yeah. like, yeah, sort of. Well, I think because I sort of come from the the content space, I think quality would be what I would choose just because it goes back to that value. You want to, you want people to open your emails, be excited to open them. That's hard to do, right? With the inbox being so crowded, you want people to anticipate your emails, but really enjoy them when they open them. And so I think sending really valuable, like personal, but sort of exciting and colorful content creates that relationship that will, you know, create brand ambassadors for you for you know, a lifetime, um, well, they'll be your VIP recipients. So I think really making sure that you are, are sending really quality content is probably the number one. And you can, I mean, there's so much to do and there's so much to test within that, but since I can only choose one, I'll go quality. Um, but definitely spend the time to make sure that you are, you're sending content that's valuable and do a lot of research to make sure that you're getting it right. Gosh, I love it. You answered the question. I'm so proud and <laughs> thankful, Jillian, you did it. Um, so super exciting there. I think that's our first ever official answer to the last creative question there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, how can our listeners, Jillian, find out more about you and about SendGrid? SendGrid.com. If you go to our solutions page, you can learn all about sort of our email marketing capabilities. And then our blog is a great sort of resource. We talk about each of these sort of pieces of our motto in more detail. SendGrid.com slash blog. All the content team, marketing team, our delivery consultants are, are constantly updating new content there and tips. So would love your feedback. You can find posts from me there as well. Um, so definitely check us out and let us know what else you'd want to hear from. It's about, so you can tweet us at SendGrid too. Let us know how we're doing. Thank you again, Jillian, for, for joining me today. Really appreciate your time. And I think we got an awesome episode and uh, super pumped. Love your motto and uh, can't wait to listen to this one. Great. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, of course. Also, thank you so much to our listeners for following along. To find out more about B2B Nation, including our HR and IT editions, check out our website, technologyadvice.com backslash podcast. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Twitter at B2B Nation underscore S-M-A-R, short for Smarketing, and please rate us on iTunes. Thanks.